Today on CityCast Pittsburgh. Five years ago, the Grenfell Tower in London caught fire. It was a literal towering inferno that started with a small refrigerator fire and ultimately killed 72 people. And there's a Pittsburgh company at the center of that story. We're with artist Chris Ivey. He made a short film about the tragedy that's going to show this weekend during the Three Rivers Arts Festival. It's Tuesday, June 7th. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. So, Chris, you're a Pittsburgher and a filmmaker and a multimedia artist. How did you get started following this story? Well, I saw um, a politician in the UK, David Lammy. He was in a clip, I think it was a couple of weeks after the fire. And, and I just saw the distraught on his face. I saw the emotion. I was like, what's going on? And when I played the clip, the first thing they showed was the fire. And the first thing I thought was like, oh, fuck. What the hell happened? You know? Mm. So when you find out more about it, it's just, just so traumatic to see. And it's still just frustrating to see how, you know, five years later, the community is still trying to get answers. It's like they're still trying to get closure. So you were in London documenting the second anniversary of the tragedy right. when you found out about a report and it talks about the main cause of the fire and it was because of the siding on the building. The cladding, they call it, yeah. The cladding, yeah. So <laughs> the company at the center of this is a Pittsburgh-based company, Arconic. Yeah, the news came out that Arconic was responsible. And when I heard it, when I was in London, I'm like, what? Like, that's in my hometown. That's like, yeah. like what the hell? Yeah, the, you, know, so, you you look across the river and you can see you, their building and their logo. Right. Yeah, it's right there. Right, 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 right. And it is kind of like feeling a shock for a day, thinking like like for the last couple of years while all this was going on, it was just so quiet here in Pittsburgh. Like you know, and then it's and, it, and it's still kept quiet here in the city. That's the thing that kills me. It's just yeah, everybody like certain people to know like politicians. They all know about it. But nobody really wants to address it yet. And I think, like, how can you have that on your conscience once you see, like, what the fire did, once you hear about the lives lost, like we talked about on a, on a scale of, like, you know, like you know, young kids, seniors. The majority of people who, who I believe who died in that building were, like, from a Muslim background. They were brown people. Yeah. Um, it was it was a really diverse group of people who lived mm-hmm. in that building of all different um, ages, backgrounds, and income. And they were all neighbors. They were all friendly with each other. There were a community. Who is Arconic? Do you know, what do they make? Uh, they make like a like a lot of like metals, like aluminum for like you no know, like for different buildings, different companies. Um, they're they're spin off Al- Alcoa, uh, another Pittsburgh company, yeah. a couple of years ago. That's like a you know national leader, like like metals and aluminum and stuff. And um, so they provide for like a lot of industries and stuff. But the thing is about the material that they use over the UK. It would never get approval here in the United States. Yeah, Arconic made the siding or the cladding, and allegedly they knew that it was highly flammable. Here yeah. in the U.S., it seems to be mostly banned for residential structures over 40 feet, but right. the Grenfell Tower was 220 feet tall, so... Mm-hmm. I mean, they knew from the beginning that the material was not good. I mean, even during the Grenfell inquiry that's still that's ongoing in London, mm-hmm. the person from Arcana says, like, yeah, we knew that it was the safe, but we still did it anyway. And you have to think about it. Grenfell is just one of a couple of hundred buildings with the cladding on it throughout the UK. 
And the thing is, she was like, are they going to wait for another one of these things to happen? I mean, what is it going to take for people to address it? And for me, after like five years, like, like stop talking about your record profits and uh, start thinking about the impact that's happened on communities. And I feel like they're safe here in the U.S. because it happened on the other side of the ocean in the U.K. Mm-hmm. And for me, just like, for I'm like, no, you have to like address this. Yeah. And and I'm just th- I'm just thinking about how moving um, your piece was, you know, and you, you went over to London. And how long have you been how long have you been putting putting this together? Um, ever since it was, it was like February of 2018 when I first started documenting, I was thinking about it for a couple of months, you know, what could I do? I mean, this is before our kind of was in the picture or anything. I just yeah. felt like there needed to be more awareness about what happened here, mainly because of my grad background. I was doing documentary work around gentrification and displaced communities, mainly mm-hmm. Black communities in Pittsburgh. And I just felt like something needed to be done, you know. So I started around uh, February 2018. I had a video installation that I, start, I started to tour some. And I made that story as a part of the installation about civil rights issues. And about through like people's personal narratives about like things that you know that happen, but continue to, are not fully addressed. Yeah, and you and you interviewed a lot of the survivors of that fire. Let's hear from some of the survivors and activists. It was a horrific night. Terrible, terrible aftermath. Five years on, nearly five years on, we're all still suffering as if it's the first day. My wife is number 72 out of this tragedy. My wife and I, we got rescued from the Tower Inferno, um, but my wife sadly passed away a few months later in hospital. And as a result of illegal cladding and insulation that we've been put on our tower. Hey Pittsburgh, did you know Arconic are partly responsible for the deaths of 72 men, women and children in London five years ago? 18 of those 72 were children, Pittsburgh. So we ask for justice for Grenfell. We ask for the communities of Pittsburgh to stand with us as we come to five years after this appalling atrocity and to demand alongside with us that Oconic take responsibility for their actions. How many hours of interviews have you done since getting started with it? And and honestly, like, are you even doing okay after doing this sort of work? I feel like this is the kind of, this is like, you know, body work and mind work as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I feel better doing this kind of work. Um, I think for me at first, it's always been hard getting interviews with, with, with some of the survivors, mainly because you have to be like really sensitive to, to things, what's going on. Yeah. Um, the community is still grieving and it's still like some kind of like a lack of trust. So I was very fortunate to to partner with Myra Samuels, who was at the time like a part of the organization Justice for Grenfell, who's been trying to get me in contact with different like survivors and different people doing work in the community. The UK is still investigating the fire and here in the US there's also a lawsuit. But has Arconic acknowledged any wrongdoing directly? kind of but they're not really doing enough they say yeah like like we know about it we feel bad about it but that's about it they say they try to leave it up to like you know like to to like to the courts and stuff i know like the iconic lawyer um it's been like a couple of hundred millions and lawyers just trying to like 
pushed us off and everything. And I'm thinking about like, if you spend a couple hundred million dollars just trying to fight this lawsuit and stuff, you could just give that to the community. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just a shame. And I feel like we need to do more here in Pittsburgh and to holding them accountable. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, it's just, just like, we're in the hometown, we're in the city of Mr. Rogers, where like for like generations and generations, people are brought up to think, you know, like you treat people the way you want to be treated. You, you try to be a good neighbor. And the whole thing with me is showing like, you know, like Arconic is one of the worst neighbors on the fucking earth. It's just like, you know, <laughs> when you try to when you try to get away with murder like that, and still try to be like, oh, we're doing all this great stuff with the Arconic Foundation. And like, oh, Arconic this, stop, fuck all of you. You know, you kill 72 people. You try to keep it quiet here. When I showed a clip of it doing my my documentary screen the other night, just how it affected the whole audience and how everyone was like, we didn't know about this. And I'm thinking they don't want you to know. Yeah. You know, and we and we really have to do better because they're right here. They so <laughs> Arconic. This isn't the only recent headline about Arconic. You know, they have we have the anniversary coming up, but then also The New York Times just did a big weekend story about a manufacturing plant that they're closing in Russia, and it's been making plane and missile parts for Russia's war with Ukraine. So a whistleblower actually told the Times that Arconic is only closing down because of sanctions, according to that person, not because the company, you know, wanted to do the right thing. Um, So were you surprised at all to see Arconic's name in the press again and in this way? I was kind of like surprised. I kind of laughed. And it kind of shows to me, it's like, it's all about profit, no matter what. You know, they gave like uh, kind of like a little bit of money to like, you know, like healing funds or stuff to help along the way. But you think of the other end, they're doing multi, like they do like a billion dollars worth of business for Russia to kill these people. And, and then it's like, they all know the evil that they do. And they'll keep doing it until they're, you know, held accountable for it. And we need to do better here in Pittsburgh. Chris Ivey, thank you so much for sharing your work with us. Thank you all, justice for great call. We did contact Arconic to see if they had anything to say about this, but no one got back to us. Anyway, we'll have a link to Chris's short piece in our show notes, or you can see it live this weekend. He'll have it in full view at the Arts Festival on a mobile truck driving around downtown and parked outside the Arconic building on the North Shore. The actual anniversary is June 14th. A little more news before you go. Pittsburgh native and international star, Billy Porter, we're so proud, has just released the trailer for his film, Anything's Possible, which is set here in Pittsburgh. It was shot last year in 2021. I also had some friends that worked on that film, so shout out to them. And it'll be streaming on Amazon. Billy also led the Pittsburgh Pride Parade over the weekend. The organizers estimate that there were more than 35,000 people that marched from downtown to the north side. It was a sea of people. I was there. I saw it. And retiring Pittsburgh Police Chief Scott Schubert says he's taking a job with the FBI in West Virginia. Meanwhile, the mayor just announced a bunch of grant opportunities for community groups focused on violence prevention here in the city. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you enjoyed the show, tell someone, leave us a nice review. 
Find us on social, all the things. We post a bunch on Instagram at CityCastPGH. We'll be back on Thursday with more news from around the city. So we'll see you then. I hit my hand. I punched my hand. I'm I'm an emphatic talker. Okay. (laughs) You can't tell black people not to talk with their hands. It's racist. Oh, we're so enthusiastic. Okay.